Hello, welcome to Once More with Commentary. I'm Allie. I'm Jenny. And today we are now talking about <laughs> triangle and redefinition on Angel. You forgot to say that we're a Buffy and Angel podcast. Oh my gosh, we are. People well, won't know what they're listening to. Well, I forgot because we just talked for 20 minutes about I politics, know. so I thought and we then were I a forgot. political and then I, podcast. <laughs> and I also almost forgot to say my name because I was like, I'm like in a weird days now. <laughs> Great. We're, we skipped one week and it feels like I don't remember how to do this at all. <laughs> Who are we? What do we do? Well, yeah. maybe we'll remember as we go. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, how was your long weekend? Oh, how it was good. It was really nice. I had a four-day weekend because uh, I had that Friday off, and uh, it felt real hard to go back to work on Tuesday. <laughs> it did. I was like, oh, I feel like I've been gone forever. It kind of, yeah. Ugh. Also, I, it's been a, I, I don't know. I, I feel like this has been a while, but um, Labor Day really messed me up in the sense that, like, I kept, for, you know, I kept kind of forgetting what day of the week it was because I started work on a Tuesday and it feels like a Monday, but then you're like all confused and I hadn't been there in so long anyway. Um, Long story short, had a volleyball game on Wednesday, forgot about it, until I, I went all the way home from work, and then I was about to exit my train, and I was like, hey, you know where you're supposed to be right now is a gym, because today is, in fact, Wednesday. And then I had to run around like a maniac, and I, like, barely made it on time. I had to take a cab, which I, wasn't great, but um, anyway. <laughs> that was more or less wow. how my whole week was. It was <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> it's Wednesday. What, what are you doing? I just think about it, it usually in terms of like, oh, if my volleyball game's on Wednesday, I think like it's the third day of the week. So I just have that kind of in my head instead of Wednesday and like it's Wednesday. I do think that's the thing that makes having the Monday off really disorienting sometimes is mm-hmm. like because it impacts the weekend that way. Like if you have Friday off, it's like everything's yeah. normal up until the day that you don't have off. But then to have Monday, it's like, yeah, everything it's gets like pushed just, a day and it's hard to keep up yeah. with sometimes. Yeah, yeah. They should just give us Fridays off. Why don't yeah. we do that? I don't know. I mean, I I'm like you. I took a four day weekend and it was mm. wonderful. And yeah. I next week have my first like five day work week in a while. Yeah, no, <laughs> what I'm gonna great. do. <laughs> uh, um, but your Labor Day was good. You're visiting yeah, your family. I went, yeah, I went to see my grandparents and mm-hmm. it was fun. Although. Um, they live in like Western Virginia, so pretty far to get to from any like airports, but, um, we went to this place called Mountain Lake, which is famous for the place where they filmed Dirty Dancing. Oh yeah, I did see that post. (laughs) And it's actually crazy depressing right now because the lake is basically gone. Like there's a little pond in the far corner now, but like everywhere, like including like there's these like random pile of like cinder blocks in the middle of the lake and that's where Patrick Swayze stood okay. to like do the lift scene. Uh-huh. Okay. It's just sitting in a meadow right now. That's <laughs> so, weird. Yeah. Like there's a boat dock out under grass. It's all very strange and depressing and like for me like I grew up going to this place a little bit mm. and um looking at pictures of like where the shoreline used to be and like where it is now far in the distance it's you know apparently this is all normal and cyclical but I mean part of me thinks well this lake is filled by runoff from snow and rain and if there isn't any snow or rain like you can say that it's cyclical and shifting there's something about like earthquakes and shifting movement and like I don't know there's some explanation but I was like how is this not climate change yeah that is uh, a little freaky 
Yeah, so now they're, like, really leaning on the Dirty Dancing connection. So, like, everywhere you go on the property, there's, like, a little sign. Like, they filmed this scene here, and this is Baby's (laughs) cabin, and this is where she yelled Johnny, or, like, you know. (laughs) I mean, Um, probably a good idea. There was a wedding there, though, so it was pretty. Oh, that's cool. I mean, it's beautiful. It's just, like, it's called Mountain Lake, and there's no No lake. lake. Yeah. Did you sing the Kellerman's song? No, but they do now have a Snapchat filter where you can, <laughs> like, put yourself in Kellerman's. Okay. Um, like, there was a sign in the lobby that was like, welcome to Kellerman's. But I don't have Snapchat on my phone anymore, so I didn't do that. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. But it was a good time. And, you know, it, it, I hadn't seen them in forever. And um, my grandma's not, like, happy right now because my dad moved to oh. the Middle East. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. She, she was, I think it was good timing to have us come visit. I see. So, yeah. Okay, well, let's get into Buffy. Okay. Uh, why don't you tell us about Triangle? I did not remember what this was. I know, I was, I was really surprised. Excited. I knew exactly what this episode was. <laughs> I remembered almost all of it, in, and specifically I remember Buffy's hair being in pigtails for the whole second half of the episode. I don't know why that's the thing that sticks in my head. But. I do remember that hairstyle. It's um, very... Very memorable, and I've never successfully no, replicated it. But no, then me neither. looking at this episode, I was like, maybe because Buffy isn't even successfully yeah, yeah. doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, so Triangle is kind of like a lighthearted episode to kind of cleanse the palate from the last couple weeks of depressingness. Um, but it does more or less pick up where shortly after where we left off, which is that Joyce has gotten out of the hospital and is in recovery. And Riley left, and Buffy is kind of sad about it. Um, and also, things with between Xander and Anya are progressing. So, um, Xander and Anya are just kind of talking about, you know, what it, missing Riley. And there's a great gag where they sort of joke as though Buffy's reaction to Riley leaving is joining a nunnery. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. But um, the episode really kicks off with Buffy training with Giles, and Giles, there, it's they've been discussing. Um, their latest plan, which is basically to have Giles go visit the Watchers Council in England to see if they have any more resources that might give them more information about Glory, because they've pretty much, the Scoobies themselves have pretty much hit a dead dead end. Um, Buffy is, of course, really worried that they'll find, that the Watchers will find out about Dawn, because obviously they'll be (laughs) uh, unafraid to maybe sacrifice her, (laughs) or at least I think that's the implication. Um, But Giles assures her that he's not going to say anything like that, and um, he leaves and, uh, sort of to his chagrin leaves Anya and Willow and kind of the whole gang in charge of his kind of new store. Um, and that's more or less where things like kind of the real heart of the episode is that there's been this tension between Anya and Willow for a while. And I think they have kind of been showing in the background, but it really comes to a head this episode where basically Willow won't let Anya take care of the store on her own, but she also kind of keeps causing trouble. Um, so, you know, after Giles leaves, Willow is just kind of willy-nilly using up magical ingredients from the store without paying for them and doing maybe trying spells that she hasn't mastered in the store itself. Um, And as she kind of uh, (laughs) says herself, she's acting a little bit like the cat in the hat (laughs) who's there like highs and causing ruckus and and destruction. Um, So she is trying to perform a spell because her and Anya are arguing. Something kind of goes awry. And instead of summoning a ball of of sunshine, which she meant to do, she somehow brings forth a troll who has who is super strong and powerful and has like a really powerful hammer, kind of like Thor. Um, So 
Anya and Willow try to chase down the troll. Later, um, Tara and Buffy realize that they're missing from the store, so they also try and track down the troll. And then Xander's just been off on his own in the bronze, but he accidentally teams up with Spike. Um, so eventually they all encounter this troll, sort of figure out that um, in addition to having been set loose by Willow and Anya, he also used to date Anya um, back when both he and she were humans. And it turns out that he's, in fact, the um, first person that she cursed, who, which, but which act got her her vengeance demon gig in the first place. Um, anyway, eventually they all end up back at the magic shop. Eventually, Buffy takes down the um, troll long enough for Willow to magic him away to another dimension. Um, and I think that's more or less where things end. Um, Giles, co- oh, uh, sorry. That's where the main plot ends. <laughs> and then Giles comes back at the end of the episode, having talked to the Watchers, who seem to not know anything. But um, he and Buffy and that now Joyce were discussing it at the dining room table in Buffy's house. And Don overhears a bit of their conversation. And that's the actual final scene of the episode. Yeah. I think that's mostly everything. Obviously, lots of little things happening. Um, and this is definitely one of the funnier episodes, right? Like, this is yeah, a good filler, I, I think. That was, like, fun, as, necessary, very funny. As soon as Willow and Anya were kind of sniping at each other, I figured out what episode this was, and I got very <laughs> excited that yeah. this was the troll episode. <laughs> um, it was great. But... Uh, okay, but... Well... Part of me is like really excited because like we like you said like we it's a it's a lighthearted palate cleanser after all the drama of Buffy's mom and Riley. I think we're overdue for some sort of on the spotlight episode. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. I had some like there were some like holes in this for me, but overall, yeah, I was super. I really liked it. I think it was. I guess the other thing that I like is that this does feel like kind of one of the. I guess just the tension that, that that tension exists between Willow and Anya also feels very true to the real world to me. Like being in your early 20s and people pairing off, that is the thing that like kind of throws some of your friendships into distress a little bit, you know, like even when people don't have bad intentions, it's just you're worried for your friends or there's old feelings that like haven't quite gone away or whatever it is, you know, and so like, I guess that's also kind of what I like about this episode that it's like not a thing I feel like gets addressed a lot in something like in in shows but i think it was kind of well handled like in in addition to the fact that they make it very funny (laughs) yeah like just that it's inherently kind of a sticky situation because like even if everybody's behaving nicely like dynamics are shifting and yeah and that's hard you know that's that's hard so i do think this is great to put a spotlight on and kind of show Mm -hmm. um you know and i think willow and anya having this kind of angry chat at the end about well why are you afraid I'll do this yeah never yeah you know all of that but it's all coming from a very honest place and I think that's great like I think it's it's kind of a mature realistic approach to relationships that they have been skipping for the last eight yeah yeah I agree so well, I mean, Anya and, and Will are not really behaving maturely for most of it, but I think that the underlying well, issues mature, are not. I mean, the, like, like yeah. realistic, I guess. <laughs> yeah, You're and right. I think they aren't behaving maturely. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh shoot, what did I want to say about that? I 
Ugh, I lost my train of thought. But yeah, suffice it to say, I they both, I think, have legitimate grievances, which is maybe also a little bit what you meant. Like, not necessarily that this is they're reacting maturely, but like, yeah, when they start actually saying like, well, Willow is afraid that Anya is going to vengeance uh, curse Xander, which is like kind of a fair fear. And that, you know, that Anya still feels like an outsider and knows that she and Xander had some sort of romantic past is like, honestly... Yeah, I can understand why you guys both feel a little bit defensive and insecure. So, like, they have yeah, good I mean, reasons to be unsure of one another. And they're obviously behaving ridiculously. <laughs> yeah, it is really easy to forget sometimes that Anya would have a natural bias against Willow because her job yeah. used to be vengeance for women who were, like, wronged by other people. And Willow, <laughs> right. like, the whole reason Anya got right, introduced right. to the show is when Willow and Xander, like, of course. were going behind Cordelia's back. Like, this <laughs> yeah, is yeah. something that's easy to forget. But, like, as soon as she says it, it's like, oh, yeah. Like, Anya wouldn't really care. Like, Anya's been around for a thousand years and has seen enough that, like, she probably, like, Willow's being gay for, like, a year is not, it's like a blip to her, right? Like, she's, like, right, well, things right. change. So, like, yeah. I would totally believe that that wouldn't be enough of a, like, security for Anya. Yeah. And then, to the same point, you know, not only do we know that Anya has been cursing men for centuries... But in this episode, they encounter the first person she ever cursed, who was somebody that she was in a relationship with. So it like is also kind of like a good reminder that like, hey, Anya, you also have to kind of prove yourself a little bit that you're not going to just resort to this again. You know, and as yeah. much as she's emphatic that she doesn't have powers anymore, she didn't have powers the first time she did it. So <laughs> true. You know. And can we talk about Olaf for a second? Because we should talk about him for a minute. A minute. Yeah. I this was like the plot hole to me. Like okay that kind of gave me pause about the episode. Like, everything else was great, but Anya turns him into a troll and Mm -hmm. then goes off on her vengeance demon ways, clearly, like, forgets Mm -hmm. about him. But Willow unleashes this troll in the magic shop. Anya's, like, terrified. She's going after him. And the entire time, it never occurs to her that this is a troll that she knows like she maybe does she not recognize I him does did she have that question think about that because then like all of a sudden they're all in the bronze and he's, and like, he's like oh Anya, and he's not like yeah. wait a second you're Anya right, he's like right. talking to her like he already knew this the entire time yeah. and that she should have known this like when he's running after them in the shop the first time like he doesn't stop and say hey Anyanka like it's weird that it just kind of comes out of nowhere and then it's supposed it's true. to be like the funny twist on the episode but there's no underlying basis for it at all like Anya's like not shocked like oh my gosh I didn't recognize you she's just like oh (laughs) yeah did I not mention that like it's I did have that thought a little bit I I think part of it and you're right that I think it doesn't make sense from Olaf's perspective is like why wouldn't he have said something um sooner I think from Anya's perspective, I think maybe she didn't recognize him right away because it has been a thousand years. But also, I think she didn't want people to know that, you know, I think she was intentionally evading it because she doesn't seem embarrassed about it. I I, I thought it made more sense from her direction than it did for him to not have said anything until he just threw it out casually. (laughs) Yeah, but I do think it's like, I don't know. I was thinking I was trying. I was thinking about that. I was like, okay. I'm like in my early thirties and sometimes I am shocked at how many now I've moved a bunch of times across the country and it's like, man, I have met so many people. I don't remember every single one of them. And it's really embarrassing sometimes when you don't remember somebody, but I was trying to remember, I was like, okay, but if I were alive for a thousand years, would I remember the person that I cursed who changed my life for the next thousand years? Like probably, but I don't know. It is still a long time. I don't know. I can't even conceive of how long that is. 
Yeah, I mean, sure. This is the kind of thing that happens all the time in like mystical shows, right? Where people <laughs> live insanely long times. It's yeah. like <laughs> we don't know because as humans we would never experience this, but like what does happen to your memory after a thousand years? Like you couldn't possibly remember everything, right? Like no, I don't remember you're not what I had to, to eat last week. Like yeah, it's, exactly. you know. <laughs> so I do buy that, but I also think like he's someone that should have some sort of more permanent place in her memory. Yeah. If he's like the first person she ever cursed. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not. Um, maybe he just became one of many. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, but otherwise, I mean, he's pretty funny. <laughs> I enjoyed I enjoyed almost everything that came out of his mouth, starting with puny receptacle. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious ale. And then ending with can it be babies? <laughs> um, actually, one of our... our fan who writes us emails mentioned before we did this episode, she was excited that we were going to talk about it. And she was like, Oh, I say that all the time. Can it be babies? And I was like, that is like, that is a good line. (laughs) I also love the moment where he's like, do you know where there are babies? Yeah. He's just like, what do you think? The hospital? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Without even missing a beat. He's not even trying to be evil. That's just like his genuine reaction is like, I don't know, probably at the hospital. (laughs) Yeah. I mean like a plus humor. Um, Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, even Spike, yeah. Sorry, no, that was gonna accidentally twi- turn to Spike next anyway. Yeah, Spike is also incredibly funny in this episode. I mean, starting with his pretend, he's like practicing his speech on how he's gonna confess his feelings to Buffy, and like, I don't, I mean, it like gets a little dark at the end, but like, honestly, him having an argument with himself was like pretty great. Oh, I'll insult he's, him if I want to. It's <laughs> like that cracked me. Presenting up. chocolates to a mannequin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I I genuinely I thought Spike was super great in this episode, though. And this was like, again, kind of like credit where credit's due. I think this episode in general, you know, was like very funny and like kind of heightened. And, you know, like Buffy is like over the top kind of crying and over the top um, feeling like emo about love and all this kind of stuff. But on the flip side, there's also so like Spike's going through his own transition. And so he's it's like they all end up meeting in the bronze and it's jokey, jokey, jokey. And then as soon as Spike says hi to Buffy, he is like in a romance movie. And I just was really, I was like, James Marsher really like turned that. Hello, Buffy. Yeah, like, but it was still really fun. I don't know. I was just like, that was a really good line delivery. And I'm just surprised sometimes like those are the little things that it's like, he could have made it and kept it exactly in the same tone as the rest of the episode. But the fact that it was like ever so slightly tweaked, like made it a funnier, but also like a hint of drama, you know, and like in the background, I was like, that was just really nice. No, I love it because, like, he is showing in his interaction with Xander and the troll that, like, he does not care one bit mm-hmm. about the situation. Yeah. And then Buffy shows up and he, like, runs over to her and he's like, yeah. hello, Buffy. And then yeah. she, like, jumps in and starts fighting and he immediately follows her into the battle. Yeah. Yeah. Starts fighting. And then he's like, oh, don't worry. I'm, I'm not biting anyone. Yeah. And she's yeah. Like, he's like, what do you, you want, want a credit medal? for not feeding yeah. off of disaster victims? Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, I do. Yeah. I also love that moment when he is talking to Xander about the troll and he's like, well, you know, a lot of people never really got through. And Xander Xander, also was just like, well, she was insane. Yeah. That's not a good comparison. Yeah. (laughs) No, I totally agree. Well, and I guess that actually kind of points to the other fun part about this episode is that they, you know, I'm sure this was intentional, but it's like basically they paired off people that don't normally spend a lot of screen time together. And like, it was fun. I think Anya and Willow in particular had, you know, they had a lot of fun 
and a lot of funny lines. But, like, we get to see Tara and Buffy interact a little bit, and, like, we never see Spike and um, Xander one-on-one, but that was also, like, pretty fruitful. <laughs> and I think that's one yeah, of the things that the show... Yeah, Spike was living in Xander's basement. Yeah, and I think it's also, like, fruitful when the show kind of puts... Uh, unlike you know they are sort of uh, end up unlikely you know sort of odd couple bonding over i don't i guess i don't even know what they were bonding over they just like eventually give in to like well you're the only other person i know at this club so i guess we'll play pool together i don't really clear on what happened there but i enjoyed it anyway i think spike is more compassionate than he like thinks he wants that's to be. true like because xander is obviously upset like just eating a giant basket of peanuts or something <laughs> and so yeah. spike is like why are you here like what's wrong like well not in so many words but like essentially that's what ends up happening like what's up with you like you're right but you know what's even funnier now that you're saying that is that it's not it's not I, I think maybe it's not just that spike is more compassionate than he realizes but specifically as we saw recently spike is a big romantic sap it's like that is actually probably his weakness it's like if xander were like mad about you know losing his job or something maybe spike would have been like i don't give care about this at all but the fact that it's like maybe romantic drama maybe gets that little part of spike that is like still pi- constantly pining over someone you know what i mean no, I think you're right. Yeah. I think that that's probably it. Like he's recognizing a that's his one. That's his one person. real weakness. Yeah. <laughs> um, interesting. Interesting. Um, so speaking of like romantic drama, though, mm-hmm. like we do get. I think it's a bit of a odd balance of like Buffy's reaction to the whole Riley thing. Like, yeah. On one hand, like we we see her dealing with the aftermath. She has really nice moments with Dawn where she's like talking yes. about like her oh, feelings after the, that was a, the breakup and everything. I want to go but back then to the, that like, too. Crying Jags. I It does get a little much. <laughs> yeah. I just also like like because in the conversation she's having with Dawn, like that doesn't really seem like how she's, where she's yeah. at. And then she just it's like it's totally played for comedy, but it's not that funny. And I don't know. I was just yeah. kind of like it's kind of a different like approach and like maybe the implication is Buffy is kind of um, all over the map right now, but like she really think, seemed yeah. to have like internalized what happened and like was trying to be objective about it. I do love that she tells Tara that Riley needed to be where he was needed, and I was like, yeah. yes, this yeah. is the whole point. Well, and if they yeah. had just made that point to begin with, we could have skipped yeah. all the And also, she told Don like, according to everyone else, this has been happening for a long time. I was like, okay, well, you've at least had some. Uh, constructive conversations since then yeah but yeah all of that was really good but then you're right random crying is you know i guess that a little bit i mean obviously i think the real answer is that they thought it was funny they thought it was funnier than we think it is but i think the other sort of justification for that at least a little bit is like i do also think especially because she's trying really hard to still be measured and to be mature about it i think sometimes you know the harder you try and stamp down your emotions sometimes then they end up like accidentally I can't think of a um, uh, adverb that's not disgusting, <laughs> um, but they end up like slipping out in other unexpected ways. I'm thinking in particular of a scene in Arrested Development where Tobias <laughs> uh, gets really mad about hard-boiled eggs. It doesn't matter if you know what I'm talking about, but suffice it to say, like you know, I think sometimes it's like, especially when you're keeping it together a lot of the time, and even if you really recognize it you still kind of get mad or like snap at people or cry for you know at like a puppy commercial or something like that I feel like it's a little bit more akin to the like oh I thought I was feeling fine and then like there was a toilet paper commercial and like suddenly I'm bawling on my couch kind of thing okay 
But like, but I agree that they play I, it too long and too too far. Yeah, like I buy all of that, but like right. I just don't think it was that. Fun. No, I agree with you. <laughs> okay, I do want to talk more about Joyce and Don and Joyce yes, and Don. Yes, I was just going to bring that up. Yay! Perfect. Because <laughs> um, you said it. I mean, I feel like this was the first episode solidly where I was like, okay, it, this is good, Don. Like, she's being written much better. <laughs> you know, where it's like she's younger and she's kind of looking to Buffy for advice, but she's not acting like she's six. And she's also not just, like, accidentally, like, I don't know, causing fires or, so, you know, something, like, really inexplicable. Like, they just are kind of letting them be more normal and they're accurate to their age ranges. In addition to, like, all, there was a lot of nice bonding going on in the Summers household. Yeah, like that cute moment where Joyce takes off her bathrobe and yeah. everybody's really excited because she's like, you feeling know, better. definitely like proving that she's healing yeah. and, um, you know, everybody's really upbeat, but also like, yeah, I think the big thing is Dawn is not acting like a giant spaz. Like, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. It's refreshing. And um, then they get and to also have we that, see like, like, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, the conversation, but then also I was going to say like, but we see like Buffy's continued like protection of Dawn and it doesn't feel as annoying mm-hmm. like when Dawn is someone that we actually think isn't like horribly irritating yeah yeah exactly so it's just kind of a shame like it took them a while to get it off to get to get it together especially because she was new in the big be- you know or it's like it was already a big twist for viewers and then to have her be super irritating is like if she had come out kind of more like this with then some fights I think it might have landed a little better but whatever. This is the Dawn I choose to believe in. So what are you going to (laughs) do? And then speaking of Dawn, like that final scene. Yeah. How dumb are they to talk about Dawn being the key in the house? It's very irresponsible. Yeah. Obviously they assume she had gone to bed, but that's really stupid. It is going to lead to, I think a good next episode. If I recall, (laughs) but Um, yeah, no, I don't know why they would do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really strange. Although, I do like that. Like this whole side story of Giles going to England to ask the council about Glory. I mm-hmm. think is kind of it's kind of subtle through the episode. Like they, it's kind of like a reason to just get Giles off screen sure. out of the magic shop. But like, it's also kind of subtly in the background. Like, yeah, really that, indicative yeah. of the threat that Glory poses. That they would go to the council about this because yeah. they've had nothing to do with the council for two years now. And, yeah, you know, it's not part of their everyday strategy. But like, they're realizing that like they need information, and this is the only place they can get it. Yeah, and I thought that was. I mean, obviously, we'll see a whole episode. I was going to say, there's other reasons underlining why, yeah. that, but I like this bringing this back in this way. Like, yeah, is also setting the stage, really yeah. indicating just what a threat Glory is, who doesn't mm-hmm. even show up in this episode, but yeah. she's obviously yeah. still hanging over them in a yeah. Like as long as Dawn is around and threatened, then Glory's there no matter what. I just yeah. think it's like well done. Like, yeah, I agree. It's refreshing after the initiative. Yeah. <laughs> Although that was something that Giles said too at the beginning, where he was like, "Well, if maybe if the initiative were still around, we wouldn't need to go to the council." I was like, "The well, initiative would, would not have known anything about glory." I, uh, the oldest demon person thing that they've ever encountered. I'm sorry, the initiative that existed for two minutes it would not have known anything, and who never respected mythology to begin with. But unless he meant like they could help defeat Glory, maybe. maybe. But, but I don't think so. Yeah, that was a really weird thing yeah, to say. Like I was like, like what? The initiative like didn't helpful. own books. 
yeah. or history books or care about it. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of Glory, though, and defeating her, so... Oh, yeah. We don't, we don't know this yet, but, like, this is, like... So yeah. Anya tells Buffy, like, the power is in his hammer. Mm-hmm. And Olaf leaves his hammer behind. Yeah. So that will be notable. But what I noticed in this episode is this is a hammer that supposedly can hurt a god, and Xander repeatedly gets banged (laughs) across the head with it, and he is not dead. That's a good point. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know. Maybe I'm supposed to believe these were, like, glancing blows, but I I was like, wait, how is Xander alive right now? Yeah. (laughs) How is Xander not, like, permanently concussed ever? It's a good point. Well, I guess he's particular. He's got like good calluses built up from being punched all the time. (laughs) Can you get brain calluses? (laughs) Yeah. No, that's not how that works. (laughs) Well, I also enjoyed Anya driving (laughs) and not knowing how to. Yes. Well, I was waiting for her to just steer by gesturing emphatically. That's true. (laughs) She moved on from that at least. expect us to accelerate also like willow being like i think we're gonna crash and she's like it's likely we're going very fast uh. and willow's just like losing her spell pages yeah. like, behind her as she goes although speaking of willow mm-hmm. one false note that i felt mm-hmm. in this episode was oh. i buy the whole tension with anya and yeah. all of that but it seems the, very unwillow for her to be yeah. just stealing Giles' inventory and like and right. not caring yeah. about it. Like, it's like, true. From everything we've seen of Willow's relationship with Giles and like her general personality, like all of that rang false for me. That's and true. I think it was just meant to be a way to antagonize Anya, but like, unless it's also supposed to be like Willow is just becoming more that's, cavalier. That's what I was going to say. I do feel like there has been a transformation in Willow that she feels more confident and cool now. And I think a little bit, it does result in her being more flippant, but I I agree that they kind of went pretty far with it, but I'm curious to kind of see the next couple episodes. If that is something that I forgot, you know, that they carry through. Cause that obviously is going to affect next season. So I'm curious if that Giles is running a magic shop where his margins are probably crazy slim and she's just stealing inventory. I don't know. I seem, they made it seem like his margins are high. (laughs) Well, Did it then I don't when know. he first got a hold of the books? Isn't that why? That's why he bought the magic store in the first place. I think he's got good margins. Okay, well, fine. It just still felt <laughs> rude. Like it is rude. At least not without his, you know, bl- formal blessing of yeah. like, yeah, if you need a piece of sage, like take it. Yeah, a piece of sage, not salamander eyes that are like ten dollars for no, twenty or it something. Was, like the that. salamander eyes were also very inexpensive. <laughs> Anya herself said they were a good deal. Not that they were inexpensive, that they were a good deal. But it was like 10 for a dollar or something, I think. No, it was like 20 for $10. Mm, maybe. I mean, All right, we'll have to, to go. Me, $10 <laughs> is still a good amount of money. I think it was not $10. <laughs> I think it was $1. How much do salamander eyes cost? Just kidding. I was, I was going to Google it. Mm, I'm going to Google it. Okay, nope, nothing. Uh, no, nope, this is going to require more digging. <laughs> Fine, internet. Why don't you Google how much does salamander eyes cost on Buffy? <laughs> we can stop this argument right here. Okay. Oh. Uh, first hit did not answer the question. Okay. I'll dig into this. <laughs> or I'll just rewatch that scene. We'll figure it Everybody's out. Waiting. Everybody's Everybody waiting. Everybody is waiting. Yeah. Um, okay. But anyway, that's what I've got. I'm excited for the next couple episodes. I think... 
they're going to be good. And I think this was a yeah. was really successful. I know we already said this, but like I think this episode was really successful at like moving the story along, but also just being entertaining. It's just kind of the opposite yes. of how I feel about the Angel episode. <laughs> that, well, on that sort segue. of the inverse. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's move on to Angel and redefinition, or as I like to think of it, Angel's version of a Jennifer Lopez revenge movie. Because <laughs> yeah, kind of. That's about what was happening here. Uh. It was not great. No, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. So on the last episode, obviously, Angel went off the deep end. He locks the Wolferman Hart employees in a wine cellar with Darla and Drusilla. And then he comes home to the hotel and fires everyone. Mm-hmm. So we see the beginning of this episode everybody's incredibly shocked by this. Like, they're all standing outside the hotel. Cordelia's like, what just happened? Gunn's pretending to be nonchalant about it, but, like, everybody just lost their jobs and, more importantly, like, their mission, essentially. And um, then we also see that, uh, in fact, Darla and Drusilla did not kill everyone. Lindsay is still Mm. alive, as it also turns out, so is Lila. Mm -hmm. But this turns out to be Darla's plan. Like, she's intelligent and smart and she wants to get back at Wolfram and Hart but she's also not so set on revenge that she doesn't recognize the value that Wolfram and Hart can be as a liaison for her so she leaves Lindsay and Lila alive with the idea that Wolfram and Hart may very well kill one of Mm -hmm. them as punishment for being left alive I guess Mm -hmm. but that that gives her insurance that either Lindsay or Lila could still be around to kind of help her use Wolfram and Hart as she wants. Mm -hmm. Um, Because as we see, uh, Darla and Drusilla are trying to build like a little demon army (laughs) to, I guess, take over LA. It's unclear what their mission is really. But um, Angel is proving to be a bit of a thorn in their side because he's fired everyone, but he's also decided he's got to make himself hard and get fit (laughs) and like stop sleeping in soft beds or something. And so this results in a lot of training montages and voiceovers, which are incredibly boring. I don't really want to dwell on it. So (laughs) um, Angel heads out into the sewers, kills some vampires, and then decides he's ready, and so he tracks them down to their new warehouse, and he kills their entire army, Mm -hmm. and then sets Darla and Drusilla on fire. Yes, Yes, he does. Yes. And in the meantime, the rest of his former staff have decided that they're going to go to the uh, sanctuary bar and sing about their troubles They end up getting really drunk and then singing about their troubles. Cordelia has a vision. They rescue a girl and they decide that regardless of whether Angel decides to join them, they're going to continue the mission. Mm -hmm. I did not like this episode. No, I didn't either. (laughs) Parts of it were fine. I mean... Everything with Angel was just terrible. (laughs) It was. And I think... They've really done a disservice by not... Now that, you know, I think they've heavily implied, especially in this episode, because Darla basically said, like, well, he's not Angel, but he's not Angelus either. Like, okay, so something externally or magically is happening to Angel that's making him behave this way. But I guess I feel like where they lost me was that there was a lot of upheaval in his life. And so it's like, this really could have... I don't know. It's just like it, this transition from like regular angel to this, whatever he is, it was very kind of poorly handled. Cause it's like, I didn't understand 
they did do a nice job of making it kind of gradual, but then that made it seem like he was just getting cranky and, or maybe he was depressed or maybe something, you know what I mean? So it was just like, it's just shifted considerably from kind of what I thought the story was, but not in a like, Oh, what a fun surprise way in a like, what are you talking about way? You know, as is he being, I I, I guess needed to lead in a little bit earlier with like something mystical is going on. That way we don't all end up hating the main character. So I'm not sure it's supposed to be something mystical. Like if I had to guess, and this is just poorly explained and handled in this, but if I had to guess like where they're going is that Angel had this mission and he was unable to save Darla and he literally did everything he could to save her. He offered himself up as sacrifice. He, Mm -hmm. you know, went through all these trials and he still didn't save her. And not only that, she you know, turned evil again. And so like he failed on this monumental level, Yeah, but, but he failed trying to do the right thing. So I could see how maybe Angel would decide that, you know what? Screw the mission. I'm fed up with all of this. I try and I try, and this is still the result. So then why don't I try and do what I think I want to do? And what I want to do right now is take down Darla and Drusilla Yeah, because they're the biggest problem. They're the ones I blame for this. Like he's moved on from blaming Wolfram and Hart because he thinks that he's killed all of them by trapping them in the wine cellar. Like he uses Darla and Drusilla to get rid of his enemies. And then he starts off on this path to get rid of them. And like, so they're right in that it's not Angelus and it's not Angel. It's like something in between, but it seems solely based on like vengeance of like, or some, some, some place Angel has reached in his head where he's not going to try anymore. But I guess that would have been a more, okay, first of all, the vague recollection that I have of what happens in this season is that that's not what, that's not what's going on. I no, don't think like that would make sense. Right. Like that's but I what guess I that's... think they're trying to imply, but like they've done such a horrible job of getting there with the whole Darla thing. Yeah. I guess I'm just, I don't know what is going on. I know that angel has been incredibly irritating for the last several weeks and that it doesn't make sense to me. I don't want to not like angel. I like angel. I think he's a cool hero. And yeah, I think that if he is, if his voiceovers had instead been about like, I've reached my end and blah, blah, blah. I mean, the voiceovers are basically always bad, but that would have been better than him just kind of acting like a Spartan for no reason. (laughs) You know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I just think they don't know what they're trying to do. And I think they a little bit want his behavior to be metaphorical, but because they're, I think going to give it some sort of literal explanation, I think it's going to kind of fall flat. I don't know. There's enough here going on that Angel could just be having emotional problems. But that's that I think I they're going to put... I don't think so. I, okay, maybe. Maybe. But then why don't... I don't know. Unless, <sighs> unless you're remembering something that I forgot. I thought something else was going on, but maybe I'm... Maybe not. Maybe not. Like, he definitely has a plan to, like, isolate oh, maybe his friends you're right. so that they're not involved in this whole thing. I guess. But, like, yeah, it's also like he's just trying to get revenge on them. I guess he was trying to drive them away on purpose. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe we'll see how I feel once whatever underlying explanation has been, like, fully explained. We shall see. We'll see. <laughs> I guess either way, though, right now, watching it now, it doesn't make a lick of sense to me. <laughs> and it's, no. it continues to be um, angering to, like, watch. Like, it's not fun to watch. 
Like, no. the way that they kind of skated on a nice line last week where, like, it was fun to watch Angel get revenge on Wolfram and Hart. And this one, like, it's not fun to watch him torture some random demon. Like, no. I don't... That guy wasn't doing anything as far as I could tell, you know? Um, the appeal of a kind of morally gray hero is that they're going to be doing things, acting out when it feels like justice, not just acting out because they're a child. <laughs> Whereas, like, this episode felt a lot more like he didn't... Yeah. It didn't feel justified. The only thing that made me feel better about him torturing that demon is that it's the demon that, like, turned in the Swami. Right. Yeah, but it's still... No, but it's still not great. It's not a good look on Angel. No, and even, Um, I guess, even Wesley's kind of final delivery fell a little bit flat for me because... I don't, but I don't know why. <laughs> I guess I was going to try and give some explanation, but I'm not totally sure. So, like, at the very end of the episode, right, the three remaining, uh, Cordelia, Gunn, and Wesley, have all kind of rebonded and recommitted to, like, well, we don't need Angel to carry out our mission and we'll still do it, which I, I like that plot line enough or that little, you know, background story. But that Wesley goes back to tell Angel, like, we don't need you to do this. Something about that didn't... I think it was supposed to resonate more than it did. You know, like, I don't think I, he's meant like we don't need you. No, no, just no, no. That no. We oh, sorry. Do it without you. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, sorry. I didn't mean to say it that way. I guess I just still feel. I feel like I was supposed to feel a little bit more either proud of Wesley or like ain't that was going to be the thing to turn Angel around. I kind of didn't feel either of those. It just kind of seemed like okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to know that that's what they're doing, but it didn't work for me the way that normally like a good Wesley line will like bring it back home for me. <laughs> I don't know. I guess yeah, it just all I mean, felt a little empty. Yeah, we do see that it throws Angel a little bit, but not really that much. Uh, but but that's a good point, though, that I think that aside from that final scene, everything that didn't have to do with Angel, I didn't mind. No, I yeah, I really like seeing them all like, run into each other at the bar. And then, you know, I think that all made sense. I like that Lauren was back. I like that we got to see them handle it on their own, because I think that's like an important development in in everything. I don't know. Yeah. Right, like, Cordelia is still getting visions. Like, the mission isn't over mm-hmm. just because Angel said that he's done. Yeah. Like, they still are going to be finding out about these things happening. And I think also the other side, like, Lila and Lin- Lindsay's, like, oh, whole yeah. True. Um, ordeal of trying to figure out, like, Who's gonna, to deal with the consequences yeah. of, like, being left alive yeah. and, like, trying to figure out, like, what's going to happen to them and then ultimately, like, getting paired up together. And, yeah. Um, also having to deal with Darla and Drusilla, who also, also are Yeah, great, I was going to say, like, even that, yeah, you're right. So I guess those, like, bits and pieces work together, just kind of as usual, the whole thing didn't gel. Yeah, it, really, the problem in it, this entire episode Angel. is Angel. Like, mm-hmm. everything else is fine. Like, evil Darla looks good. She and Drusilla are, yeah. like, a evil team. Drusilla's continuing to be the best thing about this show. True. And, but even, you're you right know, that, like, last week I wasn't totally convinced, and Darla is never going to be my favorite, but vampire Darla is, like, heads above human Darla. Like, she really, she oh, can do yeah. that way better. I still don't love it, or rather, it's still not, like, in a... You know, I'm not impressed, really, but, like, it's a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Um, Julie Benz has much more of a handle on evil Darla mm-hmm. than sad human Darla. Um, okay, here are a couple of my questions about this episode, though. Uh, plot holes, if you will. I have so many questions. <laughs> uh, why? Did, I get that she would maybe be dismissive of, Dar- of Drusilla and her kind of ramblings, but it really does seem like Darla should have learned by now to take her seriously because she genuinely has premonitions. <laughs> so there's a little bit where yeah. Darla or Drusilla's like, oh, flames, blah, blah, blah. And then both of them just go in without like thinking about it. I was like, I mean, if you were together for a hundred years, I would have thought that by now you would know to like at least listen to the things that Drusilla's saying, even if you want her to 
even if you also want to kind of waver away. That didn't make sense yeah. to me. Um, here's another thing that doesn't make sense. Why was Wesley ordering Bloody Marys at night? Uh, Got you there, didn't I? Doesn't make any sense. That's well, a breakfast drink, Wesley. People do that sometimes. I've never seen anyone do that, and I do not support it. I, I had love. a Bloody Mary at like <gasps> 3 p.m. the other day. No, that's still brunch hours. Could be. Okay. Nighttime. I was in though, an airport. Mean. Time doesn't exist in Time doesn't exist in an airport, and that's fine. I just, I don't think that's an, ex- I think they only rub that in so they can make a joke about blood, but that is not an, a drink that you order when you go out for a night of karaoke. I have seen people order Bloody Marys at night. Who? <laughs> people in bars where they're known for their Bloody Marys, I guess. Mm, I don't think that bar was known for its Bloody Marys. Cordelia, on the other hand, was drinking a margarita, and I really support that. Yeah. I'm and just Gun saying. was having a beer, which yeah. feels on brand. Also acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that was my joke grievance with this episode. <laughs> I have a couple more surface level questions. Okay. <laughs> more along the lines of the Bloody Mary, I guess. Okay. <laughs> but so we see Angel like leaving through the sewer. This is not like a new thing, but I, no. it just occurred to me. Do you think that Angel has special sewer shoes or is he like wearing his sewer shoes indoors? Ew, he's definitely because wearing them he indoors. Clearly he threw did his seem jacket in the sewer. He doesn't care about that. That's gross though. Yeah, but yeah. like what's in the I sewer mean, that's on his clothes on the bottom of his shoes? That is a great that he's question. He's like tracking all over that hotel. I mean, Buffy had her boots on her bed too, so I don't know. It's like people in TV uh, don't think about it. <laughs> <laughs> she's they in don't the house think about is at least things. like a, a little bit of a like gray area if you want to think that way but like shoes should never go on a bed i'm sorry well not if you're using those shoes to like trek through a sewer definitely not well angel didn't do that buffy That's, did that but buffy also kills demons in buffy's her boots. been in the sewer yeah. with her boots yeah yeah no so, amount of walking outdoors is acceptable <laughs> to put them on your bed that yeah. sentence got away from me a little bit I, grammatically, but you know what I'm trying to say. If your shoes have been, I, if I got your touched meaning. the soil, that's it. Yeah, that is all they shall, shall touch. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the other thing is Angel fights that group of vampires, and he yeah. like beheads that one vampire, and then it yeah. turns to dust. Then why is the sword all bloody? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> I guess he could have gotten blood on it before while he was fighting, but he didn't strike him with it until the very end. So no, no it doesn't make sense. We've never seen Buffy have bloody swords. Yeah, I don't know, man. That was kind of somebody weird. in the props. So those are my major. Yeah, yeah, those are my major. Like, whoa, hold up! What what game are you trying to run on me? Kind of thing. I agree. The other thing I thought about was how Darla and Drusilla got into Wolf and Heart, yep, and nobody the really seemed mm-hmm. to know. But then there was another vampire. Who was the other vampire? The one in the hallway, where Lindsay was kind of like, oh, "What are you looking at?" Okay, I guess. Did seem so. Like I think that scene was there specifically to be like, oh, that's why Darla and Drusilla didn't set off the vampire. Okay, alarm. and then also later that the guy knew they were there anyway. It was kind of like I guess they just decided yeah. they can walk in the front door. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But I do think that um, beyond all that, like Darla has kind of an interesting. I think she kind of states the theme for this episode as like maybe not the theme, but like the effect of this episode Mm -hmm. is that everybody else is like doing angel's job like both evil and good like angel is so singularly off on his like mission yeah darla says like she and drusilla are doing what angel should be doing which is like (laughs) planning to like burn la to the ground which 
sure, sure. that's yeah. not going to happen. But in her mind, that's what he should be doing. Mm-hmm. And then the other, the rest of his team is off, like, saving innocent women from spiny demons mm-hmm. where that's what Angel should be doing as right. well. Because, like, he's the one that can, like, climb buildings and, like, track fight yeah. demons and, you know, all of that. So I thought that was an interesting parallel yeah. between the two sides of, like, they both kind of feel like Angel's shirked his duty in some way. Yeah. And and then we get that horrible last scene where Angel just looks stupid sitting on that car and smoking. But it it only made sense because that's how he lit the fire. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. It also, I mean, there's, I got a lot of questions about vampire physiology that I'm just never going to get answers to. <laughs> um, how do they breathe in to yeah. smoke? I don't know. <laughs> and Alex's question was like, does he need to work out? Like, can he build muscle mass? And I was like, well, at least that one, I think he's kind of doing it for like discipline as much as or like honing his reflexes right 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 like practice yeah but he was doing like pull-ups but sure whatever practicing but yeah i guess there's just a lot of holes in the what what, what can Maybe they do i guess a lack I, of imagination on the part of the writers like how would a vampire prep for battle versus a human like he wouldn't need to do all this yeah stuff. he should be sharpening right, his fangs like, yeah maybe they can build muscle mass i don't know i mean i'm sure it's fake so uh, whatever explanation you want to give is fine. I just feel confident that, like, they've said at some point something about vampires not breathing or something. Of, you know what I mean? Where it's just, like, it is all a little fishy. Yeah, well, vampires are also not supposed to age, but if you look at well, season five, Angel, compared to season one, Buffy. that's not fair. I mean. <laughs> that is unavoidable. <laughs> if they had a time machine, I'm sure they would have put David Boreanaz in it. <laughs> <laughs> He still looks pretty good. And he looks pretty consistent for his run of Angel. Yeah. Generally. Well, well, maybe we're moving into more greener pastures. But, you know, I'm really tired of saying that about Angel. I want to, like, think be in the good I do, episodes. too. But I do think the end of this season, at a minimum, is, the, is where I'll feel good about it again. Again, because I remember things that are going to happen at the end of this. Like, a couple new people that will be around and a couple new places that they're going to go. Those things I am looking forward to. Um, yes. I'm looking forward to Lauren to becoming there. a regular. <laughs> yes. And some and others. Plurts. Gr- 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 yeah. Gr- yeah, yeah exactly. But, yeah, you know. For a second, I thought you were a season. Um, <laughs> no. um, all right. But until then, we have to continue on mm-hmm. to get there. So let's see. Next week on Buffy, we've got Checkpoint. Mm-hmm. And then Angel is something that I didn't even bother to look up because uh, I didn't bl- care. Blood Money. Sounds good, blood actually. Money. That sounds like it might be Lindsay and Lila-centric. Maybe. I hope so. We I'm glad hope. that Lila survived. Sorry, we should say that. Or I should say that. We should. And I'm glad yeah. that she is. I, I love the little beat where Lindsay felt really special yep. for being left alive, and then he found out Lila was alive, and he's like, And that oh. she knows exactly what's going on. <laughs> that she was like, oh, you're mad that I got left alive. Not because, like, he doesn't like her, but because he's jealous. That's good. Lila yeah. knows what's up. And also, Drusilla kind of made a little throwaway about how she's wicked. I was like, yeah, that's nice, too. Yeah. I'm, I look forward to seeing more of Lila, because she's only been in a couple of episodes, but I think she's going to get more interesting. She will. She gets more playtime. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Okay. So, until then, do you have any pop culture to I share did. with us this week? I d- I do. I had hoped to have watched more before I gave the recommendation, but I feel good enough about it. Um, I finally started watching Making It, which is the Amy Poehler, Nick Offerman crafting show. Oh, 
I want to watch that. It is literally Great British Bake Off, except with Nick Offerman. That's what I've heard. But like in the, it's not like that's not that's the that's like how you would give the elevator pitch to it. But tone like it is exactly that. But like oh. I love Mel and Sue, but I also love Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman. So, like, I don't know. It's great. I've only seen two episodes, but they are both delightful. I mean, they're, like, they make little puns. Her and Nick Offerman genuinely, like, I mean, it honestly feels like an episode of Parks and Rec, except they're also doing a crafting competition show. But, like, not in a way that is, like, oh, this again. It's, like, it's just really sweet. So, it's, like, sugary and sweet, and it's nice, and you get to see people do cool crafts. I A+. plus. I really like it. I can't wait to watch more. There's also not that many episodes. No, I'm going to have to get on that yeah. and watch it. Although... I think you can stream uh, it on NBC. New episodes of Bake Sorry. Off are out, too. New episodes of what? Bake Off. Oh, I know, but I'm not watching that. Oh, I actually didn't mind it. <sighs> Maybe someday. I'll be ready. I'm not afraid to cut something we, off, though. If it's yeah. not going to be what I want, then, like, that's fine. It can still exist, but I don't necessarily... Well, See the it. early well, episodes are like, re- like, constantly rewatchable. So yeah, that's like, that's true. They I, never I, get old. I so, actually still haven't like, seen one or two of the original seasons either, kind of because I was saving them for a rainy day. <laughs> so I'll probably do that at some point too. Hmm. Maybe in yeah. the holidays. I don't think those ever aired here either. They didn't. So I think one and two never yeah. aired here. Sometimes you got to break laws, and laws aren't just Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> it's not wow. my fault that British TV can't easily be consumed in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't really say that, but I'm saying that. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. I wasn't going to, like, tell you how to watch it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, do you have any recommendations? Um, you know, I don't. No. Well, I can tell you some other things that are on my docket. Um, okay. I finally got... Well, not... Well, finally. I... So a couple weeks ago or months ago, I was talking about this book called The Fifth Season. I finished the first one. I finished the second one like a week or two ago. And just yesterday, I finally bought the third one. So I'm excited. The third one is the last book in this trilogy. Um, the second book was not as good as the first one, but not it kind of in a more standard like, well, it's clearly the middle book of a trilogy. <laughs> you know, like it's just not quite the excitement of the first one, but not quite the conclusions of a finale. So um, I'm really excited to read the last one. And then while I was at the bookstore, I also picked up a copy of The Shining because <laughs> I wanted to read it for a really long time, but I've always been too scared. And I was talking about it the other day. And Are I was you going like, to keep it in the freezer? If I have to, yes. <laughs> um, but I'm really excited. I'm really excited to watch it. Or read it, I mean, sorry. And I also recently watched Fright Night. <laughs> have you ever seen that? I, no. I was trying to screen cap it so that I could put it on our Instagram because there's like... So it, it they remade it a couple years ago, but the original movie's from the 80s, and it's this basically about this kid who really likes this, like, late-night horror show. You know, those kinds that used to be on, te- like, public access TV, where it's, like, a creepy guy who used to be the star of, like, campy horror films hosts a, like, movie night called Fright Night on the local channel or whatever. Um, and then he this kid finds out that a vampire moved in next door. <laughs> uh it was great. I mean, it has like kind of is from the 80s. So there's like, you know, a couple of things like him and his girlfriend are like, there's some like, quite, you know, relationship issues are like not modern. But um, other than that, I really liked it. And the main well, not the main character, but there's, you know, a guy who plays he's this like washed up, not even movie star. He just like used to be in a couple of campy vampire films playing a vampire slayer. But there were some like great shots of him being like, I am a vampire slayer. And he has like a stake and it's pointing <laughs> the wrong direction. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, so it was fun to see another Vampire Slayer portrayed on TV. Yeah. Um, but also Chris Sarandon, he uh, is the guy who plays Prince Humperdinck in The Princess Bride. He plays the vampire oh. that lives next door, and he was wow. so good at it. Like, he is one of the best vampires I've seen. And they really do a good job of, like, you know, he is he is very handsome, but he's also very handsome in a, like, 80s way. But, like, by the end of it, I was like, yeah, he's pretty handsome. I don't know. It was cool. It was <laughs> I really, really liked the way that he behaved. And, like, the transformations are all a little bit clunky because it's, like, 80s, but it was pretty good. The makeup was pretty good. The vampires were scary-ish. Anyway, it was a fun movie. When they remade it, they cast Colin Farrell for his role, so he's the, like, 80s equivalent of a of a mid-aughts Colin Farrell. <laughs> they remade Fright Night? Yeah. I haven't seen when that. When did they do that? Maybe 20, 2010? I don't know, because the guy oh. who played, um, oh my god, that kid from Superbad was in it. Whose name I can't think of. The kid with the fake ID. Oh my god. McLovin? Yes, yes. He was in, he was in the Does modern. he have a real name? I don't know. He does, but I don't know what it is. So I'm assuming from this that you have embarked on your seasonal mm, Halloween viewing. That was probably the kickoff, yeah. But we chased it. We chased Fright Night with Say Anything. So I'm not totally <laughs> committed to the Halloween movies yet. <laughs> Say That's Anything is also about that still movie great. The other day, uh, still wonderful. Alex had never seen it. Yeah. What? I know. That's why we watched it. Uh, well, I'm glad you corrected that mistake. I did. Uh, but honestly, that, that movie is just as good as you remember it being. It is like a weird, it's weird if, you've ne- if you don't know what it is going into it because it feels like, oh, this is going to be a really standard 80s rom-com. And it's like kind of not that at all. You know, it's like no. a really much darker movie than that. But like John Cusack is so cute. And like, not just like, oh, he's a cute person, but like he, you know, he is just a great TV boyfriend. <laughs> and, and Ione Sky is like really sweet too. And like, it's just such a cool movie. Way to make Everybody a, in that movie is great. Like Joan the Cusack. dad from Frasier, yes. like all the yes. like um all the like side characters. Yeah, like Jeremy everybody Piven. feels very like <laughs> lived in. Like, yeah. you know, um his friend who like sings. Oh all my the god, songs his friends and like all of his friends. Yeah. Ugh. Let's just go watch Say Anything again. <sighs> yeah, I might do that. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Well <sighs> Okay. <clears throat> teams. Hmm. Hmm. I don't team know. Team Anya. That's what I was going to say. I'll be team, yeah. I'll be team Olaf. What? <laughs> Allie, I don't literally mean I want these people to accomplish their goals of havoc, but he, <laughs> he was a fun person in this episode and he gave us an important hammer. <laughs> team Olaf Can and it be team babies. Team babies. Know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, <laughs> on that downer. <laughs> Not downer. <laughs> I'll talk to you next time. Okay, bye. Once More with Commentary is produced by me, Allie. And me, Ginny. Our theme music is from the album Rockingham by Nerf Herder. And our podcast logo is by Ryan Cooney. You can email us at scoobies at oncemorewithcommentary.com with any feedback, questions, comments that you have. And find us on Twitter and Instagram at omwcpodcast. You can also find our most recent episodes and any show notes at oncemorewithcommentary.com.